Many of you know, as Joe said, this is our final week of this Anchor series that really is meant to prepare us for all that's ahead this year as we begin this emphasis for our church called Shaped by Scripture. And I have been so encouraged by so much of your enthusiasm and your questions uh, about what it is that we're doing. So just as a little highlight, next week we are going to begin an overview of the whole Bible in 11 weeks. We're calling it Long Story Short for obvious reasons. And it's based on the Bible, of course, but also on this book called The Story of God, The Story of Us. And you can see those 11 themes, those 11 C words, they come right out of the table of contents of this Book, and we're encouraging people to be part of a small group, as you heard. We have over 30 small groups that are starting to study this, and those groups are really, uh, in essence, going to be formed today after church this afternoon. So if you haven't signed up and you want to be part of that, we would really encourage you to do that. And this really is meant to be a continuation of this last year where we practice hospitality, where we gather together in one another's homes, and now to do so really intentionally around the Word of God. What I want you to know as a pastor who really is an advocate for discipleship here is that this year, this um, series of studies and experiences is really designed for you, for your growth, for your discipleship, for what God would do in your life. And we really intend that we would do it together. And with most things, the more that you step in, the more that you will receive from it. And the more that we will receive the blessing of doing it together. So let me encourage you to step in. Let's do it together. And that really is uh, really what this last week of our Anchor series is about, is life together in Christ. The last two weeks we've talked about how Christ and his word are anchors for us in life. And I don't know if you have felt like this, but as I have left uh, the last two Sundays, I have felt so encouraged and settled and held up grounded because of these anchors that God has given to us. And I've pictured them like this, this huge anchor. And that's how it has felt to me, just like larger than life that we have these gifts. Hebrews 16, 9 says it like this, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. I love that, that God has given us this amazing hope for our souls. And today we're talking about this third anchor, life together in Christ, and it's really one of God's greatest gifts to us. Many of you know our family moved this summer, and that has felt like such both a call from the Lord and a gift from the Lord. But simultaneously, it has also been something that has made me remember in these first few days and weeks of starting new schools how hard it is to be in unfamiliar territory and uncharted waters, in new hallways with unfamiliar faces. No matter what age you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, we are made for life together, to belong to one another, to have people in the boat with us, if you will. And whether you are in a season where you feel like the wind is at your back and you're just cruising along or you feel more like you're being tossed back and forth, maybe you feel like the waves are about to come over and beat you down. We have been created, especially in Christ, to be committed to one another in really remarkable ways, and that's what we're going to talk about. I think sometimes we think of Christian fellowship as kind of an optional bonus of our faith not an essential. We can really clearly declare that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life as we should. 
and that his word is the bread of life, our very food, our nourishment, God also intends that our life together would be that kind of essential, that kind of anchor for us. And he uses multiple images in scripture, family, oneness, body, all these different things in scripture, but we are really going to look at just this one, the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about the church like this, one body, all parts being interconnected, depending on one another for life. If you are an eye or an ear, you cannot function, you can't even survive apart from the body. And if you are not there, the body suffers your not being there. So much so it says that if one part of the body is suffering, the whole body suffers. If one part of the body is honored, then the whole part rejoices with it. Jesus intends for us to belong to one another in this really essential way for our very life. This summer, for the first time in my life, I got to uh, do camp ministry. I got to go speak at this camp in Yosemite. And one of the things that you do in camp is everybody has a camp name. My name was Freckles. It's kind of lame, but that was my name, Freckles. And um, a lot of people have a story that goes with their name, and there was a camp counselor whose name was Frodo. And um, when Frodo was growing up, as soon as he was tall enough, in this very energetic, boyish, camp counselor sort of way, he would grab on with both hands to a door frame and just kind of like swing himself through like an ape through doorways. It was just kind of like something he did. Until one day, his middle finger got stuck and didn't come down with the rest of his body. So after they did the necessary triage, um, they retrieved his finger from the doorframe. But they couldn't reattach it to his body. It didn't survive the um, being detached. He obviously survived. Um, but he still suffers the loss of this finger. He is a real four-fingered Frodo. And in some ways, this image of the body is meant to show us that we are in some way like Frodo's middle finger. God didn't create us to be able to be separate and to continue to survive. Not only do we need the body for survival, but the body needs us. All the parts belong and need one another for life, thriving life, the way that God intended it. Our life together is an essential part of our faith. And even more that when we talk about the body, it's the body of Christ. That when Jesus walked on earth, when he ascended into heaven, he said that he now dwells here on earth with us in his body. Not only in our hearts individually, but in us in a way that's beyond, I think, our comprehension. That Jesus himself, by his spirit, dwells among us in his body. And when we live and depend on one another the way that God intends, we actually get to see the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. God intends for us to live in this way. Philippians 2 says this, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. 
our life together is an essential part of our faith, an anchor for our soul. So if you've been here the last two weeks, we've talked about the things that anchors do. They do these three things. They keep us from shipwreck, they hold us steady and keep our progress, and they work best. They really have their purpose when they are out of sight. So I want to consider how that is true about our life together in the body of Christ. Some of you know that one of my near shipwrecks in life was when Scott and I went through a broken engagement. And it seems really minor now after all that we have uh, seen in life. But when I was 23, it was so completely disorienting for me. We were university ministry interns at the time. I didn't have any friends who were in serious relationships moving toward marriage, and our relationship felt very much on display. All these college students were like rooting for us. We were part of a church staff. We had the date set. My parents had put down a deposit on the place where we were gonna have our wedding, and I freaked out and called it off. It was awful. And I just felt so much like I was about to go down, like the waves were just going to consume me. It was so disorienting and so sad. And that was almost 20 years ago. All is well, as you know, but I have distinct memories of that time and the way that God's people were anchors for me and for us. One of those times I was on this little road trip uh, in the midst of this really horrible season, just trying to keep my mind off of things. And I was sitting in a minivan with a bunch of people in the back. And I kind of wanted to talk about this season, but didn't because then everyone would hear me. And sitting right next to me was my youth pastor's wife. And I was just kind of looking out the window with tears rolling down my face, and I just didn't even want to be aware of the people around me. And all of a sudden, I just felt her hand on my knee, and I looked over, and she had tears rolling down her face. And even without saying anything, she ministered to me. It was like she was the presence of God to say, I see you. And she was this reminder to me that if one part of the body is suffering, then I am going to suffer with you. That she cared so deeply for me that she could extend that kind of care and comfort. And her presence really gave me hope that I was going to be okay, that I wasn't alone. Another anchor during that time was a Christian counselor, which um, was such a gift because he was kind of outside of our community. And so he wasn't really overly attached emotionally to our story. And all I knew about him was that he had a deep faith and he was really gifted uh, at being a counselor. And so when he said to us, we went to his office, just a mess, and he said, I just want you to know, I don't care if you get married. I'm just going to tell you what I see. And then you can do with that whatever you will. And that was such a relief to me. And it was almost as if he was being the eyes of the body and saying, I will do my part to tell you what I see here. And so when he said, what I see here is a very normal couple life. I don't see any major red flags. You're good to go. It was such a relief to me and felt like an anchor that kept me really from wrecking one of God's greatest gifts in my life. And what I realized from that time, and over and over again I've seen this, that when I am in crisis— I want to be cared for by people who are anchored to Jesus, by people who are anchored in God's word, and people who are anchored in God's 
community, to the people of God, because Jesus is the one who shows us how to love one another well. Hebrews 4 tells us this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus is fully human. He understands our weaknesses and our vulnerabilities. He knows how fragile we are because he has come and been with us. And scripture tells us that when Jesus looks at us, he looks at us with compassion and delight and love. And when we are cared for by people who are anchored in him, that too will be true of the care that we give to one another. When I went through Stephen Ministry, uh, it was about in this season of life, we talked about what it meant to care for one another with Christ-like empathy. And I haven't seen this picture for 20 years, but it has been just in my mind, and it's this simple thing called the mud hole. And apparently, we still use it for our Stephen Ministry now, which is so cool. But what it is, is it shows this person in the bottom of the pit there called the care receiver in need of care. And they are stuck in this hard place in a storm, uh, if we're going to use this anchor language, some difficult situation. And then it shows three possible positions of a caregiver, ways that you could be giving care to this person who's stuck in the pit. And one there is over-identification. It's possible to over-identify with a person's situation so much so that you end up stuck in the same mud as the care receiver. And then there's sympathy up there on the edge, just kind of looking over from a distance, aware of the pain, but really not able to offer any comfort or help from there. And then there is empathy, anchored to the deep and solid roots of Christ and Scripture. And that really is a picture of what it means to be an anchor for someone who is in a pit or near shipwreck, which is how I felt. It means that your hope in Christ can anchor you so that you don't get stuck in the mud or pulled under by the waves. That you can look to Jesus to show you how to love one another then you can be an anchor for a person in that place. And with compassion and sacrifice like Jesus, you can extend that love. And what I love is what they talk about in Stephen Ministry is because you are only the caregiver. Jesus is the cure giver. So all that you can do is point them to Christ and to remind them of the promises. But that is the best thing that we can do. You are an anchor that points to him and holds on to his promises. And I think it is an amazing thing that God intends for us to be that way, that he actually says, you can be an anchor that would keep someone from shipwreck. You can be someone who holds out hope for someone who has no hope. That is an essential part of life, and God intends to use it. So I want to just say to you, if you are a person who you feel like you are in a pit, or you feel like the waves that are starting to crash are going to consume you, you need God's people around you. So don't be afraid to call out for an anchor. Come forward for prayer after worship. Call our Stephen ministry and have somebody walk with you. Call one of your pastors. Call a friend. Let us walk with you and be an anchor for you. We all have seasons where we need that. 
So not only does life together keep us from shipwreck, but it holds us steady. It keeps our progress. I think more than anything that's stuck with me as I've been thinking about this sermon is this really simple idea, and I don't know why I hadn't really thought of it before, but it's this. Our sanctification happens as we care for one another. As we share life together, God is in the business of sanctifying us. Philippians 2 says that we will become like Christ when we learn to value others above ourselves, not looking to our own interests, but to the interests of others. God disciples us through relationships with one another. I think I've always tended to think of being an anchor as the benefit to the person receiving help, and it is. But what this reminds us is that Christ is making me more firmly grounded in him as I get to care for others. You know, anchors are always used, even in calm waters. In normal day-to-day life on the water, anchors are used to stay still, to rest in place, to make repairs, to resupply a boat, to prepare for a journey ahead. I think sometimes, much of the time, our life feels kind of unremarkable, like you aren't being particularly stretched or used or making any forward progress. And it's in those times in calm waters when we need to be anchored to the Lord and anchored to the word and anchored to one another. It's the most important thing that we can do. I was recently talking to, just this a couple months ago, talking to a woman from our church who was really in that place, going about her kind of calm waters life. And Without warning, all of a sudden, someone very close to her just was in a major crisis. And this woman from our church was called to be the anchor. And it was a long and intense storm, and it was very public, and it ended tragically. And it required so much of this woman from our church. Her heart, her time, her faith— And in the midst of it, as she was reflecting on the intensity of this crisis, of this storm, she said, I feel like everything I have done in my life up to this point has prepared me for this. It's like all of that was practice, and now it's time for real. She said, being in worship on Sundays, being involved in the community and building these relationships over decades— being in prayer training, being in a Bible study, being a leader in the church, all of these were just the normal things she had been doing, just holding steady. And she didn't know that God was using all of that to equip her to be the primary anchor for a friend in this huge, the worst storm of her life. She was able to do that because she was anchored when the waters were calm. And as you can imagine, her faith deepened. It was stretched. It was tested. And she, um, I got to just see a glimpse of it. But what I saw is that her faith in Christ, her love for Jesus, her hope in the midst of this really intense storm was put on display before hundreds of people in our city. And she did it with humility and grace because she knew the Lord. She was so anchored in the normal days of her life. 
It reminds me of this verse from Philippians that talks about what it is that we are supposed to be doing as the church, and it says this, So Christ gave himself, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, the reason that we have pastors is this reason, to equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ, from whom the whole body, again, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. God intends for us to mature. He disciples us as we do life together. He wants us to be equipped for really important work that he is going to call us to do, and he intends for us to be people who are anchored to him, anchored in his word, anchored in life together, so that we will not be tossed back and forth, but that we can extend that hope to one another. It's an amazing thing that we would get to attain the fullness of Christ in one another. So this final point, life together does its best work when it's out of sight. So we know that anchors really serve their purpose when they are underwater, when they can't be seen. And there is an aspect of our life together that is the same. When I was a freshman at Cal, a couple, Maynard and Marilee, they were in their 70s. They would drive from the East Bay through the tunnel and come and pick me up in my freshman dorm and take me out uh, for ice cream, to Fenton's Ice Cream. It's a sit-down place. It takes a long time. And I think we only uh, probably had ice cream together three times my first year in college, but that time with them was so important to me, and this is why because it meant to me that even though I didn't see this couple who I loved for my church, even though I didn't see them anymore week to week, and they couldn't ask me how things were going all the time, they remembered me when I was away from them. So much so that they would demonstrate that by coming and getting me and spending maybe three, maybe five hours of my first year of college just reminding me even when we can't see you, we love you. We remember you. We are for you. And that kind of belonging, that kind of care actually anchored me not just to Maynard and Mary Lee, not just to my home church, but to the Church of Jesus Christ. Because I thought, I want to find a Maynard and Mary Lee in Berkeley. I need those kind of people around me all the time. And so they really were an anchor for me that said, yes, be part of God's people. It gave me hope when my people were out of sight. You know, in many ways, accountability groups work much the same way. They're significant, not because we can be with each other all the time, but that when we know that we're apart from each other, we will be called to give an account for our life when we were apart, when we couldn't see one another all the more that we know when people are praying for us when we are apart, when because they love us and they're for us and they want us to thrive, 
they will follow up when we are together and ask us how we were doing when they were apart from us. Life together in Christ keeps us anchored even when we can't be together. Hebrews 10, which really is the anchoring verse in so many ways for this, says this. Let us hold unswervingly, I love that word, unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Reminds us that it's Jesus's faithfulness, his life, his sacrifice, his love that is our anchor of our life together. And that we experience that goodness as we share together, as we encourage one another, as we meet together. And that really is what this table is to remind us of as well. That we belong to Jesus, that we belong to his body, and that we belong together as a family. That if you are in Christ, there is a seat with your name on it at this table. Even if you are in a season where you feel like, gosh, I'm just holding on by a thread, Jesus says, come and receive this gift. Be reminded of the hope that you have in me, of the hope that you have in the promises of my word, and the hope that you have in my presence through one another. All of those things are declared and offered to us at this table. So let's pray as we come. God, your grace to us is so amazing that you love us so much that you have come to reveal God to us and that you have given us your spirit and you dwell in us. And God, that you give us to one another, that you really give us this high call for our life together, that we would get to be anchors for one another, that we would get to hold on to one another in you and for you and with you. So God, we pray as we come to this family table that we would be nourished, that we would be fed, that we would be reminded that you are the one that enables us to do this, that it's your spirit who gives us life and courage and insight to be able to care for one another. So feed us, God, by your very presence. Thank you, God, that you have invited us to come. Pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.